you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Romans, chapter number 11. I almost said Proverbs. On Wednesdays, we're in Proverbs, and Sunday night, we're in Romans. In Romans, chapter number 11, and uh, you'll be glad to hear I only have two points tonight. Amen. There's 15 sub-points for each one of those, but uh, I am just kidding. There's not. But, uh, but as we look at Romans chapter number 11, and uh, we're, we are going to breeze through the, the entire chapter of Romans 11. I, I want us to get the whole scope of the chapter, and uh, I think that's going to help us tremendously, like we did with Romans chapter number 10. I'm sorry, Romans chapter number 10, not, verse, not chapter 11. We are in chapter 10, and, uh, and like we did with Romans chapter 9, I, when I said that, I thought, we haven't gone through Romans chapter 10 yet. That's what we're doing. So Romans chapter 10, and we're going we're gonna to go through the whole chapter tonight and kind of get the whole scope of Romans chapter number 10 and, uh, and what it's like. But I want you to imagine this just for a moment. Put yourself uh, in, in, the, in the shoes of a Jew that is living during this time period. And so Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ has died on the cross of Calvary and rose again from the dead. But again, for the Jew that has been living uh, his life, the entire, his entire life, uh, he has always gone to the temple. He has always offered sacrifices. His people have always been dealt with by God directly. God has worked with the nation of Israel for thousands of years, literally, uh, since the time that God called Abraham out. He has sent prophets to deal through the nation of Israel. And yes, the nation of Israel is not perfect by any stretch. And they have had their problems. They've had their faults. They've had their errors. But nonetheless, they have been God's chosen people. And so uh, they have, God has dealt uh, pretty much exclusively with the nation of Israel. We see that he did include some other people, some uh, Gentiles that were added into the, uh, the, the, the nation of Israel. But by and large, God has dealt with the Jew uh, throughout history. Now, all of the sudden, uh, Jesus has come. He's died on the cross. He's rose again from the dead and he's ascended up into heaven. And now a preacher, Paul, would come along and say, listen, all your religion that you've believed your whole life, that your grandfather, that your great-grandfather, that your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, all the way back to Father Abraham, is now no longer valid. That's a lot to swallow. That's a lot for them. And Paul understands that because... Paul was a Jew. Paul was adamant against Christianity. If you go back and you remember, his mindset was to throw Christians in prison. That was his mindset. And so you could see how very difficult it would be for the Jewish nation and the Jewish people to accept this Messiah that came. Now, many Jewish people did accept the Messiah that came. Most of them were common people. They were not, they were certainly by no means the religious leaders. The religious leaders did not make the connection from the Old Testament to Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Uh, they, they overlooked it. They thought that a Messiah would come and set up his kingdom on this earth at that time. And Jesus did not do that. So you could see how they would be really baffled and they would, uh, they would stand back and say, listen, uh, this was not the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament. 
because they had already in their minds figured out, hey, that this is a Messiah. Uh, when he comes, he is going to establish his kingdom here in earth. And so uh, understand that that's kind of the mindset that Paul is dealing with. And Paul is taking a lot of time to deal with that mindset as he addresses uh, both Gentiles and Jews. By the way, it was good for the Gentile Christians to understand that because they did not understand that. They had not lived in the Jewish religion or Jewish nation their entire life. So they too did not understand that. And so as we look at this, understand that is part of what he is dealing with. Look with me in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. What is the word of faith which we preach? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you for um, just your, the privilege, Father, that we have to gather in your house. God, thank you for the word of God that we have to study and that we have to learn from and that we have to uh, grow from. And God, I pray that you would uh, use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak to each and every heart as only you can as we look at uh, the way of salvation and the way of righteousness as it's clearly laid out in Romans chapter number 10. And Father, we'll, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this chapter, one of the words that stands out and one of the words that's used the, the majority of the time here is righteousness. And righteousness shows up seven times in this chapter. Righteousness is defined as this. Uh, it's used in scripture and theology in which it chiefly occurs is nearly equivalent to holiness comprehending holy principles and affections of heart and conformity of law of life to the divine law so if we just simplify this in, in the idea of righteousness and think holiness and holiness would be perfect without sin and so uh, we're going to look at this idea of righteousness in the first 11 verses that we read the very first thing that we can see is the way 
of righteousness. The way of righteousness. I want you to notice in the way of righteousness, uh, verse number one, I want you to see Paul's intercession that he makes for the nation of Israel. Now this is not new. He stated this back in, uh, in, verse, in chapter number nine and verse number two. He said that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart uh, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And he goes on and talks more about that. But he says in chapter 9, hey, I, I, I have a great sorrow and I want those Israelites to be saved. He repeats that in chapter 10 and verse number 1. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And Paul had a desire to see the nation of Israel hear the gospel and, and trust Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. He starts out in, in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so Paul is saying, listen, my desire is that the Israelites will hear the plan of salvation and that they will accept that and trust Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. And listen, that was his prayer. He would start praying uh, for those people that they would be saved for his brethren. And Paul oftentimes would go into the synagogue. That was the first place that he would minister and he would try to reach them. And listen, uh, I look at that and I say, oh, that we would have the desire that Paul would have. Oh, that we would have the desire uh, for our people to be saved. Uh, Maslin or Ohio. You say, well, I'm not from Ohio. Well, you live here now, so, uh, hey, become an Ohioan. Amen? Uh, we, we understand Michigan won last week. That's last week news. Uh, let's move on. And, uh, and so, hey, we ought to be concerned for the people that are around us. Paul was concerned for the people that were around him. Matter of fact, he prayed for them. Matter of fact, he went out of his way to witness and to preach the gospel to those people. And so we see that Paul's desire is for them to be saved. And, uh, and man, uh, I'm, we ought to have that same burden and that same desire to see people saved. I, uh, it bothers me sometimes uh, when, I, when I think, well, we've gone so long and we haven't seen somebody saved. By the way, uh, it wasn't last week. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and and I, I was going to say something, but I, I did not. But we had a couple kids saved back in junior church. And I say, praise the Lord. I, it was starting to bother me. I was starting to get concerned. I say, Lord, listen, our responsibility as a church and our first uh, responsibility is to preach the gospel and see people saved. And when we go a long stretch and there's nobody that gets saved, it bothers me. And I think, man, I, I want to see people saved. I want to see people saved in my own life. I want to be able to witness to people and see people saved. And when we go a long stretch and there's nobody saved, uh, listen, it bothers me. And now I'm not saying that people are always going to get saved. I mean, you look at the life of Jeremiah, and he preached for many years, and there were no converts. But I'm just saying we ought to have a burden. We ought to have a desire to see people saved. Paul had that desire. Not only did he have that desire, he said, my heart's desire uh, and prayer is that Israel might be saved. And listen, not only should we have a desire, but we ought to have a prayer. Paul prayed for the lost. Listen, it's good for us. In my 
uh, in my office, I have a prayer list of things that I, and on that list are a couple of uh, people and some of them that are not saved that I've been praying for. And I say, Lord, uh, help this person to get saved. Lord, use me to help this person to get saved. Listen, sometimes people don't get saved right away. Uh, sometimes you have to pray. I remember my grandfather, uh, my parents had prayed for my grandfather on my mom's side for 20 years before he finally got saved. Sometimes it takes time. But listen, don't give up hope. Keep praying. Uh, there's some other things I was praying, and, and we ought to just keep praying uh, for people to be saved. And, and listen, you ought to have people on your list that you're praying for. Paul was saying, listen, I, my prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul was concerned for their salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 19, uh, it says, for, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may boldly, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was asking for prayer in those verses. And he said, listen, pray for me that I would have utterance, that I'd have the right words to say. And listen, uh, you know, you say, well, I'm not for sure how to witness to somebody. You know what you do? Just tell them what God did in your life. That's the best thing you can do. Uh, listen, say, hey, I, I, was, I was lost and maybe somebody came by and knocked on your door and showed you that Jesus Christ died on the cross and, and that you could put your faith and trust in Him for salvation. And, uh, and listen, just give them your testimony. Uh, you say, well, Pastor, I'm not sure about that. Rehearse it in front of the mirror if you need to. Practice it. Uh, but, but don't be ashamed. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the, it is the power of God unto salvation. And, and he's saying, listen, uh, give out the gospel. Have boldness to witness. Paul had a desire, and he made intercession. Listen, we ought to pray for lost people. We ought to be concerned for lost people, as Paul was. Not only that, but I want you to notice the, the ignorance of the Israelites. Look with me in verse number two. Now I didn't say that, Paul did. He said, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In other words, Paul is talking about the Jewish nation, and he said, listen, they're ignorant of God's righteousness. The Jews, by and large, would keep the Old Testament law. They knew, hey, we had to bring a sacrifice every year. They knew the, the, the entire system of their religion. They were very familiar with it. They had been raised in it. They had grown up. Their grandfather and great-grandfather and their family before them had all practiced this. So they were very familiar with it. And it became routine and it became normal for them to try and live under all these laws and observe all these laws. And to you and I, we think, man, that must have been difficult. No, it wasn't. Actually, they, they were raised in it. And so they were used to it. Uh, a Jew would not eat a cheeseburger because you don't put, uh, you don't, you don't see the uh, a goat in its mother's milk. So you don't have milk and 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 goat or beef together. You don't have a cheeseburger. They never had ham. They never had bacon. So you know what? They never missed it because they didn't ever have it. But they grew up with all these laws and all these restrictions that to us sound weird, but to them 
It was normal life. And they said, well, this is the way it is. And this is, in their mind, this is how we establish our righteousness with God. Now, that's not what God intended at all. But that's what had turned into. That's what, in their minds, uh, they said, well, we've got to do this to obey God, and this makes us acceptable to God. But Paul is saying they had zeal, yes. They had desire, yes. They wanted to please God, yes. They were interested and concerned with who God was, yes. But they were ignorant of true righteousness. That is... That keeping all of those laws, bringing those sacrifices to the temple was all done in obedience to God's word, but it would not bring about righteousness. The Bible is very clear about that. It says in Romans 3.20, Paul said this, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, the, the, the law simply brought them to the idea and realization, I cannot be perfect in my life. And if they would understand that, uh, and, and if they would realize that, uh, then they, they were at a good place where they could be saved. But, but they were ignorant, uh, as the Bible says here, of God's righteousness, and they were trying to establish their own righteousness, which is simply not possible. And so then we see there in verses 5 through 7, we see their inadequacies. And look with me there. Uh, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. In other words, they had to keep the law 100%. That was impossible. Nobody could keep the law 100%. There was not even possible. And, and so they, they were brought to a realization, uh, they should have been brought to a realization that, hey, their law, God's law that was given to them, uh, would not get them to Christ. And in verses 6 and 7, he says, uh, he goes about and he says, he says, look, it's close to them, but the, the, the mind of faith would say, how on earth are you going to bring God? How are you going to go up to heaven with your laws and with your righteousness and bring God down to us. That's not possible. They said, with your laws, this is the mind of faith speaking and saying, with your laws and with your righteousness of of upholding all of your laws, how are you going to go down below and, and suffer the punishment and come back as Christ did? And he said, there is no way. It's impossible. Man cannot ascend up into heaven. Man cannot descend down into hell and and then come back. It's not possible. And so it was a very inadequate system that they had. And Paul knew that. Paul understood that. He was trying to get them to understand that. And then verses 8 down through 11, he gives the instruction. And says, listen, righteousness is not acquired by the law. It's not possible. So 8 through 11, look with me what it says. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verses that we ought to know very well because uh, you should use them pretty regular. And we find that he is saying, hey, the, the way of salvation, the way of righteousness is, he says two things there. It's interesting and I love to note this. One is the mouth. Mouth is mentioned in verse 8. It's mentioned in verse 9. And it's mentioned in verse 10. A lot of people will confess Jesus Christ. They'll say, uh, listen, I believe that Jesus Christ is God. And they'll say those words. But there's a problem. There's nothing in their heart. And it's more than just a lip service. He, con he condemned that. Jesus condemned that with the, the Pharisees. They, the, the Jewish religion had boiled it down to much of a lip service. And he said, uh, with your mouth you are close to me, but with your heart you are far from me. He said, you're not even close to where I am at. And so we find in these verses, number one, that the mouth is mentioned. And it takes the mouth to mention and confess Jesus Christ. To admit that He is God. To admit that He's the way of salvation. To admit that He rose from the dead. And to admit that there's no other way to salvation but through Jesus Christ. And He gives that idea here in these verses. But then He goes, The heart believeth. He says that in verse number 8. And in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. In verse number 9 he says uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He says in verse number 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, there's her word righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It takes both of those things that somebody would absolutely believe in their heart. And listen, it's not complicated. It's not complex. Uh, matter of fact, I heard testimony this morning uh, of a young child just this week uh, that, that uh, listen, he, he was with his grandparents and he said, he said, Grandma, he said, my heart's dirty. And she said, well, you know what to do. And he, you know what? He bowed his head and he prayed on his own and asked Jesus to clean his heart. Isn't that about the most precious thing you could imagine? That a, that a young child, the Bible says, Childlike faith. Listen, young people, even young people, uh, you can trust Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior by just recognizing and realizing, hey, I'm a sinner at heart. But Jesus Christ paid my penalty. And He loves me and He cares about me and He wants me to be saved. And if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. It's a promise. That's the way of righteousness. You can come to church your whole life and not be made righteous because coming to church is not going to make you righteous. You can read your Bible cover to cover. And you should read your Bible cover to cover. You should come to church. But I tell you what, reading your Bible cover to cover is not going to make you saved. It is confessing Jesus Christ and believing in your heart. You can get baptized a hundred times. Uh, I don't know too many people that will baptize you a hundred times. But, uh, but you can get baptized a hundred times. 
it's not going to change the fact that if you've never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ and you've never placed your faith in Him, that you will not be saved. It is only through confession and it is only through believing in Him. A lot of people have a head knowledge, but they don't have any heart acceptance of Jesus Christ. A lot of people talk about Jesus, but they've never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. And so those 11 verses, we can see the way of righteousness. The next few verses, uh, we're not going to look at them for time's sake, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll look at the ideas of them. And, and we see verses 12 down through the end of the chapter, we see the whosoever of righteousness. Look with me at verse number, well, verse number 11 even, he starts, he says, For the Scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. He says in verse number 12, For there is no difference between the Jews and the Greeks, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord. It's not just for the Jews. Praise the Lord, it's not just for the Gentiles, but it is for all people. It's for every person. It's for, uh, for, for men. It's for women. It's for uh, boys. It's for girls. It's for uh, Africans. It's for Americans. It's for Asians. It's for Europeans. It's for every person on the face of the earth that Jesus Christ died on the cross and salvation is open to all people. And Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. Uh, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, you cannot give the gospel to the wrong person. Every person needs the gospel. I was giving out a gospel track. By the way, we have Christmas tracks back there. And I encourage you to grab them. I mean, this is, I am telling you, this is the best time of year to witness to people. You'll not find a better time. You'll not find a more receptive time. Maybe at Easter, but I'm just saying at Christmas time and Easter time, people are open and people are willing to listen and people are willing to take a, a gospel track that has a, has a, a, a Christian or a, a Christmas message on the front and it says, hey, uh, listen, this, I just want to leave you this. This is the true meaning of Christmas and this will tell you about Jesus Christ and, and you ought to leave gospel tracks. But listen, we ought to open our mouth as well and testify to other people. He says that in verse number 14, as we continue, we see the whosoever there uh, and that it's open to all people there in those uh, verses 12 and 13. In verse number 14, we see the orator. Look at what he says in verse 14. How shall they call on him? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Listen, they need an orator. Who's the voice of God? Who's the voice for God in your workplace where you work? I mean, I'm venturing to guess that probably there's not a whole lot of Christians in the place where you work. Unless you work in a Christian institution. But who's the voice for God in your workplace? Who's the voice for God in your neighborhood? Who's the voice for God in your family? Who's the voice for God in your town? 
whether it's Perry, Maslin, Canton, or, or, or other areas, Richville, or, or the surrounding areas, or Navarre. I'm just saying, who is the voice for God? Well, listen, he's, he's given us that responsibility. He says in Matthew chapter 28, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And listen, he's given us a responsibility. We are to be the voice. We are to be the ones that are carrying the gospel. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, when God was speaking and, and Isaiah had saw a, a mighty vision and, and afterwards God said, and the Lord said, and I also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah, he said, Then said I, here am I. Listen, God wants a voice to be heard. God could have wrote it in the sky, but he didn't do that. God could have had a, an announcement be made uh, every month at the beginning of the month from out of heaven, but he didn't do that. God could have done many things to, to show forth the, the plan of salvation, but God has entrusted you and I with the gospel, the most precious thing. And we have a responsibility to reach the lost. The whosoever of righteousness, they, it's open to all people. They need an orator, somebody who will talk, and somebody who will tell them. Uh, and it says that uh, it goes on in verses 15, and then verse 16 and 17. Look with me there. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And just understand that not everyone is going to obey the gospel. Sometimes we get the idea, man, I'm going to witness to this guy and man, he's going to be, get, get saved and it's going to be great. Sometimes it takes time. And sometimes they may not get saved at all. It's not up to you. You cannot force people. You cannot make people. They have to decide that they are going to accept Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. But I can promise you this, that if you're not talking to anyone, no one will get saved. So not everyone's going to get saved. He said it was a common problem, even in Bible times, hey, that, that uh, not everyone believed their report. Not everyone accepted Jesus Christ. But don't be discouraged. Continue to pray and continue to witness and, and see people uh, hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have the opportunity that is given in verses 18 down through the end. And he says this, But I say, have they not heard... Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. In other words, what that is saying is, is Israel had a grand opportunity. They were God's chosen people. God had prophesied through Israel. God had given Israel uh, the Word of God for them to carry and bring to us. And, and they have given us the Old Testament faithfully. They had they'd preserved that and hold on to that. And they had an awesome opportunity as God's chosen people. But you read on and you know what happened is they, they departed from God. 
They become an idolatrous nation. They become a nation uh, that, that was a bunch of lip service and no longer heart service. Their actions did not line up with their beliefs. And we find that uh, God said, hey, I'm going to anger you. I'm going to provoke you to jealousy. In other words, because you have not responded, I'm going to open up salvation to all the Gentiles, a, a, a nation that are a people that is not a nation. And he said, I'm going to allow all of them to get saved. And he turned and, and allowed the gospel to go into all the world, to every nation, to every tongue, to every tribe. And Israel should have looked at that and said, man, we blew our opportunity as a nation, but we can still be saved. And we ought to be saved. Look with me at verse number 19 as he continues. Verse number 20. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. That would be the Gentile nation. That they were not seeking after God. But God sent prophets. God sent preachers. God sent the disciples into the, uh, the heathen nations that were not seeking for God. And the Gentiles had an opportunity. And Israel squandered theirs. Look in verse 21. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. God said, listen, I'm going to open this up to all Gentiles. Hey, that's where you and I enter and we say, man, praise the Lord. I'm grateful that he did open it up to Gentiles. If he hadn't opened it up to Gentiles, you and I, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be saved tonight. But that's not to say that Jews can't get saved. He's said it many times. He's repeated it over and over. To Jews and Gentiles, there is no difference. Whoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we have the whosoever of righteousness. We have the way of righteousness. It's only through Jesus Christ. We have the whosoever of righteousness and it's through. It's open to all people. But somebody's got to have a voice. Somebody's got to tell the world. They're not all going to obey, but they all need to hear. And then our opportunity, hey, listen, let's not do as Israel did squander our opportunity. Let's not become as, as he called out Israel and said a disobedient and a gang people. Let's be an obedient people that preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing people saved and seeing people's lives changed. What a wonderful opportunity we have at Christmas season to do that. So Paul is concerned with the nation of Israel. He wants to see them saved. And God had given Paul that burden. Listen, we, we can't go to Israel. I don't know very many Jewish people, to be honest with you, but listen, we know plenty of people that need reached right here in Maslin, Ohio. We know people that need the gospel, that live in your neighborhood and work beside you and perhaps even our family to you. What an opportunity that we have. Listen, they're not all going to get saved right away. It might take prayer. It might take time. But don't get discouraged. Just keep working. Keep praying. Keep testifying. Keep sharing your testimony. And let them see that, hey, you care about them. And that you want to see them saved as well. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Father, we thank you. That salvation is open to all people. 
and the whosoever of righteousness, God, that we can put our name down there. Not because of our works, not because of our goodness, but Father, because you made a promise that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a blessing to know that. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts. God, if there's one that does not know you as their own personal Savior, God, I pray that they would put their faith and trust in you today. God, it doesn't matter if they're young or old. I pray, Father, that you'd speak to hearts and you'd touch hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and the piano is playing, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar is open. Maybe you need to witness to somebody. God, maybe, maybe God's put somebody on your heart that you need to pray for, that you need to witness to, that you need to give them a gospel track. Paul said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Oh, that God would burden our hearts with people. Oh, that we'd open our mouths and boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, well, I'm, I'm not saved. I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, you can do that tonight. You can trust Him as your own personal Savior. And if you do that... Maybe you're a young person. Talk to one of the adults that's right there by you. Most of our adults are more than willing to help you. You know the teachers that work with you. They're willing to spend a few moments to pray with you and help you. If you know that you need to be saved. Whatever the need, the altar's open.